following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hello and welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am your host today, CJ, and with me I have... Sketch. Alongside... Bro, your colorful and ever-vigorous kitty. And returning with us for today's episode... Former director of social media, Celia Rose! That's such a weird title now. I know, the former part makes me sad, but we are happy that you can spare some time to join us again we know you'll you're always a message away so it's very very awesome that you could join us because i am super excited for today's topic it is something that i have been obsessed with since it came out and considering jason demarco has had a lot of things to say about it we felt it would be fun to kind of have a more topical slash kind of off topic podcast episode revolving around the hit netflix series arcane and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, wait, but that's not a Toonami show. Wait a minute. Netflix is a big competitor to Toonami. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. No, I don't hate Netflix. And I actually don't think people on this podcast hate Netflix, even though that they can be a bit of a nuisance, you know, looking at uh, current acquisitions that the streaming company has made. However, however. Jason, they like to pick up our leftovers. They, mm, they certainly they do. They sure do. They certainly do. Hey, they know what works, right? You know, it's like that meme. Of, <laughs> I give them that. Hey, can we copy your homework? And Tanami's like, yeah, just don't make it look like it's from us. And they're like, oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly it. <laughs> but, but Jason has had some really interesting commentary about Arcane. And I really, really wanted to touch on the subject because it's been more glowing than actually negative. And not to say that uh, Jason would always go after, you know, a competitor and be negative. As I suspected, and I'm sure many have too, quality notices quality. And if you haven't seen Arcane, you don't have to play League of Legends. You don't have to know a damn thing about the game. I mm-hmm. highly recommend you check it out. It is a wild ride. I don't binge shows, and I binged it. And I did it before it finished, too. So I had to wait for the last three episodes. Which, <laughs> oh, it drove me nuts. But um, it's definitely worth your time. And we are going to be talking about it. And I think it should be a fun topic, you know, just to kind of branch out a little bit from the tsunami umbrella it doesn't always have to be about tsunami but a lot of news kind of went down so it'd be hard pressed for us not to at least briefly report on those and i'll start at least on that uh we have a date for shenmue uh the original tsunami series is coming to the block at 12 30 a.m on february 5th and if you're wondering why 12 30 why wouldn't it lead the block Blade Runner Black Lotus will still be airing at that time. Uh, the final episode will be airing that day, barring any you know weird kind of schedule conflicts that might come up. But we have a date. They dropped a trailer that you can check out on their YouTube page, uh, Adult Swim's YouTube page. And it'll be an entire new English cast. It will not be uh, the original cast that was from the third game or any of the previous games. Uh, you can find the cast list on uh, Anime News Network that posted an article about that, which was really cool. We added it uh, once we found out to ours as well. Uh, Austin Tyndall will be the lead, which I think is really cool because he is a fantastic 
voice actor. Uh, I loved a lot of uh, the lead roles that he has had, and even minor ones as well. My favorites being Accelerator uh, from A Certain Magical Index, as well as Ken Kaneki from Tokyo Ghoul. I thought he did really well. And the other news that we have someone who is very, very uh, excited that I think a lot of us are very happy for him. One Piece is returning. We are not kidding. This is not an April Fool's joke, not a prank, bro. It, it, it's really happening. Uh, the series is actually coming back for a third time after nearly five years away from the block. It is back. And they will be starting on episode 517, which is right when the time skip begins. Uh... So we are missing, I will say we are missing my favorite arc at Shab, uh, Shabuti Archipelago. Uh, I, I absolutely love that. Marine Ford was really good too. Impel Down is really good, especially with the dynamic between Luffy and Buggy. So I definitely recommend checking those out uh, if you haven't seen them or can't uh, on the myriad of different streaming sites. But Sketch, you had to have lost your mind when you heard the announcement <laughs> and thinking that, is this real life? Yes, yes. Uh, I checked the Facebook periodically earlier today, as you do when you're expecting Toonami to finally announce a show, and nothing could have prepared me for what I read. <laughs> I loved your tweet. I, I, I loved your tweet. I, I was like, okay, I need to find a reaction face, because <laughs> there are no words. There are no words. Look, when they got made in Abyss, I was like, oh, cool. I had just about given up hope on Toonami ever playing that. One Piece is back. What is life? <laughs> Wait, J- Jason really? said, never say never. They, he sure did. Uh, now people are going to be asking for Boruto. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'd ask for Boruto? Don't make fun of that. No, it, it's more so on the I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Bor- Boruto will come back when Shippuden ends. It I should. guarantee it. Honestly... Like, I know people meme on it, but Borto gets really good. It legit gets I, really I, I good. Have I love Borto. Yes. Says, I'm it, a fan. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's actually good. really good. No cap. Nothing. No, I have nothing bad to say. Every, okay, every shonen has to have its niche people. And I am definitely one of those niche people. But that aside, Borto has an original storyline. And I think One Piece is also going to provide a lot of great original storyline. Like, let's be fair. Shonen is a classic staple to Toonami. It is. And the fact that we have an entire face uh, Twitter group devoted to keeping One Piece on, hashtag One Piece sales on. Thank you very much. If you haven't been watching, they're on episode 700, and they've been doing it since the series ended on Toonami, and then they started over from the beginning to keep watching. So, just so you know, that's how devoted Toonami fans are to One Piece. And Mm -hmm. I think they're all going to be really excited to see it come back, and they're all going to watch it too. I'm excited to see it come back, and I'm going to watch it. And how about double episodes instead of just one per week? That's that's the best news about the One Piece coming back. I'm going to say that. Yeah, that was was also a nice surprise, but it it, uh, also answered my question of, hey, they don't have a show ending, like they don't have an extra slot opening to make good on there. Every week there's going to be another show. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. They just doubled up another show, and then they can make it one episode when the time comes. So, I honestly hope they don't. I'd rather it stay as two, personally. But that's just me. I mean, yeah, me too. But <laughs> they, 
they got other shows they want to play. So. Absolutely. And hey, what? it's even ahead Shupid in this time. Wait, that is that that okay. In the history of One Piece on Toonami, there has never, ever been a time when One Piece aired before Naruto. This is it's happening. Sketch it's finally is, happening. Sketch is really losing it, and I'm happy for it. I'm happy, but like I said, it makes sense. Sketch, okay. Yeah. For, if you think if, about if a I one could create a noise, I, I I wish I could create a noise to to <laughs> verbalize my soul leaving my body. Oh, I know exactly what the noise is. It's me saying Pog Champ. Then your soul yeah. leaves because you're just you're like my little pog champ. Especially oh. because like six minutes of every episode is just repeats and stuff. So yeah. they oh, really, yeah. really should be playing two in general for you to get a full sense of what happens. Just expand Tsunami like, to six a.m. You know, have I mean, really what they should be doing is playing it on weekdays. <laughs> I I definitely would not be upset about that. But uh, as you can see, we're excited about the news and. We will have a more dedicated episode to talk about these types of things. We definitely need to have Laser on for Shenmue announcement. We, he'll be Mr. Shenmue for us. You, you can bet your bones about that. And obviously, we need Sketch to gush more about his love of One Piece. And we're and like I said, I'm very happy. Um, personally, I'm, I'm more happy that fans are happy. I, I'm kind of indifferent, personally. <laughs> That's just me. You know, it's fine. Uh, talk to me when Bleach, you knows dancing around and doing some stuff but um it, it's it's a thousand very... year next war year, arc win. next year it's happening <laughs> oh i next want year, it baby i want it i want it we need it i need it in my bones but you know i'll watch it you know what else i need in my bones i need season two of arcane and That's i know insane. a lot of people uh first of all i i will say this as much as i absolutely love the series that cliffhanger at the end of episode nine f you why did you have to do that to me do not do this to me netflix and Riot. Like, Riot, you've already screwed me over in games as it is. I don't need this also screwing me over. But, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Arcane because the, the thing that really caught my attention, and this is just me, was a thread that Jason DeMarco had about the series. And what really took off for me was the very last tweet in his thread where he can say, unquote, this show, like Into the Spider-Verse, will end up being influential. I wonder how many of us will actually have the time slash money to achieve something even close. Either way, it's truly inspiring achievement for those of us who work in animation. Hats off to everyone at, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce the studio. Fortiche. Fortiche, is it that? Mm-hmm. Okay, Fortiche. I wasn't sh- I like I say, I did not want to butcher that. So I wanted to at least be like, guys, what was it again? And him saying it being influential really struck a chord with me because if there's one thing that I don't think has gotten the kudos and the credit that it deserves is adult animation. Where does a lot of the animation shows geared toward adults, especially in the U S are geared toward things like family guy, American dad, the Simpsons comedy, and not necessarily a aesthetic Marvel that you got with arcane. And so hearing Jason go, that is influential, I think is a really, really big indication of how, People within the industry, especially in positions like DeMarco, look at something like this. And I think it's really important. And I think it's important for especially a podcast like us who talks about adult animation, well, albeit anime, need to kind of bring it to discussion. And so to me, when I see that tweet, it brought me to this question that I will now bring to the class. 
is Arcane the end goal that Toonami wants their originals to be like? And I don't mean about the budget. The budget for this is something that will probably never be replicated for two reasons. One, Netflix and Tencent. The budget of those two entities combined is something that Adult Swim would only be able to dream about. And, and like you can take everything from, you know, Turner, and I don't think they could even come close which not to say anything with that but it's it's just to me ridiculous and the fact that and this is something i'm not as familiar with but because of how the french government works when it comes to the french studio that they get there and the subsidies i found that to be just as fascinating and and there's a reason why i brought the people who i have on this podcast to be able to explain that more but that's why i wanted to ask is arcane the type of end goal that Adult Swim and Toonami want for their originals, whether it be Blade Runner, Black Lotus, Shenmue, Uzumaki, future stuff down the line? You know, is it the end goal? And you know, I'll, I'll leave it up. To, I'll leave it up to you guys. You know, I really like Arcane. I play League of Legends. Well, not as much anymore, but I did, and I. Uh, I'm an avid uh, enthusiast of the esports, so I watch that you know weekly. LEC and LCS just started actually last weekend, which was really fun. Uh, a lot of arcane references too. So uh, I'll open it up, and I'm actually very curious to hear what Kuro has to say because I remember when I uh, texted her about this topic, she jumped and just was like, "Yes, I want to talk about this. Let's talk about this. We have to talk about this." So I'm really curious, uh, Kuro, on your kind of kind of answer to my 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 question here do you think that's the end goal of what toonami is looking for i think that this uh, animation has a lot of the future of anime first of all the cgi um we've already seen with blade runner that cgi is creeping its way into what we're what we're gonna see in in anime and and it's funny because before cgi came across as so cheap easy and and sort of half-assed done or very very expensive to get done but but i'm just seeing a lot of better quality cgi coming out of different films and animation so cgi is definitely moving towards the future second it had an excellent soundtrack and if toonami is anything it's about music man i mean come on jason plays music soundtracks in between a lot every so often like i would say once or twice a month he plays music that he likes he thinks is and and we love it too i i don't want to i'm saying he likes but you know it could be it could be just a team but either way you know the music for this for this show was so impactful it really set the the standard for you know what's happening you think about your your feelings in each motion in each animation in each action and and then you have music to match it and so definitely music match animation and cgi animation certainly is is a huge part of it the other the other thing is i think the quality too there's so much detail put into this and and it really makes me think that um if you're going to do an adult animation storyline, you know, where you have, in this case, you have the two sisters and, and that's the quality, you know, everybody thinks adult and they think sexualization, they think uh, death, they think violence. But here it was more emotionally impactful than it was sexuality and violence. And I think the the impact of emotion 
really played a huge role in in elevating this to the adult context. So if if I were to I were to Im, sort of encompass why Arcane kind of represents the future of animation, I would say it it ties in to a, a musical aspect, ties into something beyond what it is. Second, it, it really is utilizing CGI, which we've already seen twice utilized recently in 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 um, Tsunami. And it's sort of it's sort of rounding out what we're expecting from the future of animation. I, I really like what we're seeing out of this. I really like the animation. I really like the storyline. I really like the adult content. I really like the colorful aspect of it. I think I think this is a really exciting foray into what's coming next for adult animation. And I think that means if we can see Netflix pour that much money into one project and to really commit to it, that means that it's safe to say that other places will too. And we can all accept that Adult animation is not is is not just comedy. It can be action. It can be drama. It can be other things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I find it interesting that you mention a lot about the animation CGI, because what really sets Arcane apart from a lot of other you know projects things like that is the fact that Riot Games has had a long, long history of making cinematics. And so, and this is something that Jason even talked about where. League of Legends, have they don't always have the same cinematics for every video they drop. You know, what got me into the game was their KDA uh, Pop Stars music video that they played for the finals of the, I think, 2018 uh, World's mm-hmm. Finals. And that's vastly different from when you look at um, some of their older cinematics that were still really good. I know probably my all-time favorite cinematic was their promotion of their latest Star Guardian skins with Zaya Rakan, Zoe, and uh, Nico. Like, it was fantastic and beautiful. And the song for that was actually composed, I believe, by the same person who did Attack on Titans music too, which I was like, that freaking blew me away. So Impressive they, knowledge. They've had... Oh, shout out to Alien for that one. He's the one who told <laughs> me that. Um, Very impressive to you both. But... Um, They've had pretty much, and it's weird to say this, but they were able to kind of test what connected with people more with every cinematic they did. And so instead of like doing a blind test of like, here you go, this is what Blade Runner Black Lotus is going to look like. Here you go, this is what Uzumaki is going to look like, or this is what uh, Shenmue is going to look like. Riot was able to kind of see, okay, this one popped off. Okay, let's do something more like this. Oh, this one really popped off with maybe because it was the music. A lot of people are commenting on that. Let's try to add this type of thing. They had all these different kind of tests to kind of see what would work with it. And like a lot of people um, would have said that Activision, well, more so Blizzard before the merger, but Blizzard was really the kings of cinematic, uh, cinematics, you know, with the World of Warcraft, the Starcraft, and Overwatch more recently. But League of Legends is just. Riot has taken over that by far. It's been such a monumental thing. And I know Celia really uh, wanted to dive more in about the kind of collective effort because she was mentioning earlier that Riot has had this relationship with the studio for over a decade. And so they've been able to really They've been working with Fortis for a long time. Right? They've been able to cultivate what they need or what they felt would be the best, right? Mm -hmm. And when you look at the history that the studio has worked on, this... uh, blend of 2d and 3d animation that they use is really their specialty it's kind of like their iconic look for a lot of the projects they work on 
Um, I actually did kind of some research into Arcane's production to see what I could find about it. Because when I was looking at it, I'm like, yeah, you guys use 3D models, but there's so much painted over it that I'm like, it's got to be like at least 50-50, right? Because it's definitely blended. Um, it is mostly 2D animation. They do use 3D models and they use 3D modeling for backgrounds, um, but most of it is hand-drawn and hand-animated, and it's not animated on the computer <laughs> using a modeling program. Uh, and I think that they were smart in selecting a studio that has what they wanted right from the jump, but also maintaining that relationship with that studio. When you look at other, um, the way other countries treat animation, like the US, for example, um, you have a lot of studios that outsource to Korean animation studios a lot of the time. Uh, and they're not usually the same ones or, uh, that they work with because they're less expensive. So then they can produce things really quickly and not have to spend as much money on it. Uh, and the time for pre-production as well isn't quite as long. Like this was in pre-production for six years, just this TV show, which is insane. Like I, the only other project I can think of that actually took that long for pre-production is Land of the Lustrous. And that was in pre-production at Studio Orange for like four years. And that was a great show TV. too. It looked yeah. and that was beautiful. It was amazing. So you get to see where it isn't just Right. It's almost as if they saw this idea, they really were committed to it, and then they said, let's try to do something similar. Because I think a lot of people, especially anime fans, still look at that as like a holy grail series. Wouldn't you say, Celia? Uh, I think so. For the people who watched it, because it was an Amazon exclusive for a long time. Uh, that Right? <laughs> Same. Uh, until, I don't think it's on other platforms yet. I think it might still be it's an Amazon exclusive. It's on high dive now. Okay, cool. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like I think that's kind of where Jason's looking at is really, this was a lightning in the bottle type of production. Like even if they had all the money in the world, having that creative flexibility that really not very many other studios have either for, because they don't have enough staff or they don't have enough time. Arcane really benefited just from what Fortiche was able to bring to the table in addition to what the staff that worked on it, um, Christian Linky and Alex Yee were the creators. Uh, the, the ideas that they had and really their relationship with the staff, because I read a couple of interviews with, the, with them before we prepared for the podcast. Um, they wanted to know, you know, how would you make them look when they're feeling this way? Not just, oh, I want them to make this cool move and they're going to do a spinning kick and she's going to shoot a big old gun and like all that stuff, right? <laughs> they said, what would their face look like when they're feeling this way? So it was very intentional down to really, really minute details that don't necessarily take priority or there's not enough time to really follow through on. There was actually an article from, I think it's endgamer.net, I think it's the website, where uh, Lenke and Yi mentioned that working on this show in pre-production was actually the first time that they have seen League of Legends champions talk and move their mouths because they don't do that in the game models. And that was just a really like cool thing for them to see as this project was starting to take shape. So I think everyone who works in a creative field looks at this opportunity that's so rare and Arcane managed to not only nail it, you know, at the time it showed up, but also to a point where people are going, oh, my God, look at this and lifting it up as an example of what could be possible. 
And I think what helped to allow Arcane to have that type of time, because it seemed like they weren't rushed at all, which is great. Anime students mm-hmm. might want to take some notice. Just saying, just saying. But what helped, at least for them, was that they already had the big moneymaker with League of Legends. They also recently came out with their first-person shooter, Valorant. They've had Team uh, team Fight Tactics, TFT, and other, like, their auto chess game. And they have other developments going on, too, because Arcane was announced during their anniversary, their 10-year anniversary stream, where they were announcing the new changes to League of Legends, how they're going to be making more games and actually be Riot Games. A big meme with the company was that they call themselves Riot Games, but they only made one game. It's successful, but only made one game. They're also making a fighting game. They're, they have all these other things, and they're making, obviously, merch, media, all different types of stuff. They're cinematics. They even did mm-hmm. some for Valorant. They had all the time they need where if it didn't feel right, they could have easily said, okay, pause, let's go back. They have the budget. They have every, They had everything really working for them. And I feel like it's really rewarding uh, for those who enjoy animation that – all of they were allowed to have time. They were able to get things going the way that they wanted to, and they knew that even if it didn't uh, become as culturally uh, impactful as it was, it's still better than a lot of other like video game interpretations of of you know anime from video game stuff. <laughs> God, we can go oh absolutely a long list of that. And Tremendously so, better sketch. I, I go for you with this because I do think it's a little impossible for us to ask for Toonami to just make an arcane forehead that simple forehead you know it's not quite like that like Celia was throwing numbers that are unconfirmed about how much uh this series arcane cost and we're talking we're talking big money on this like stuff that would yeah. make anime series look like uh, a trip to McDonald's right um, yeah so uh, the estimated cost per episode that I found was a Estimated, so this is just speculation, estimated $10 million per episode. And it was nine hey. episodes. Yeah. Uh, it is an estimation, and it is just speculation. It's not actually confirmed. Uh, but Look, anything for... more than a million dollars <laughs> blows my mind because... Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I believe 26 episodes of Young Justice in 2010 cost about a million dollars to animate. Okay, yes. but 12 years later, inflation has greatly <laughs> increased quality. That, that's money. true. That's true. But <laughs> yeah. Well, in like the time of, of reference, I'm not like... deflating what Young Justice is saying. <laughs> I'm saying we need, of... we need a comparative example. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the only mm-hmm. no, the the only other number I could throw out there is um, the CGI Green Lantern show, which was also 26 episodes, cost two million dollars, and that's why right. it was a huge flop. Because <laughs> it cost right. two million dollars, there were no toys, and it just did not get a good show. Though people should watch it. I think it's right. on next. <laughs> like to compare it to something more recent, uh, an episode of say Attack on Titan final season costs between two hundred fifty thousand to five hundred thousand dollars to pr- to produce just one episode. So yeah, so, so quarter of a million dollars per episode. Let's just let's just round yeah. it compared okay. to. $10 million per episode. Granted, that's still speculation and it's not confirmed, but even if it's less than that, like three or four million per episode, that's more than any production studio can dream of, really. Actually, that kind of actually makes me a little anxious because really that means that if the bar is set that high, then 
how is anyone else? I mean, if 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 they think this is the product they wanted to produce, and it was truly an excellent product, it was quite finished and polished, and the colors were excellent. And but but what chance does any other studio have without that kind of budget? That's I have an answer for you. Same budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please tell me. It's not so much about the money. That obviously helps. Mm -hmm. It's about the time. If yep, you give the people window the time so and the culture to be able to really capture what is needed to make a series hit, especially the way Arcane did, I think it's going to be more about the time. People will try to cut corners, and I do think, and this is a philosophy that I wouldn't say take fully, but to get something, or you know, you got to pay to get, you pay for what you want, you know what I mean? So mm. I, I'm not going to buy $20 shoes that I'm going to have to replace in like two weeks. I, mm -hmm. The shoes might be a little pricey, but man, they're going to look fly. So <laughs> ask me a while too. And that's why I come to you, Sketch, because you are, I, I don't mean to date you, but you are very much been the observer of animation for longer than probably all th three of us combined. Uh, I know I'm very new into the, I didn't really start paying attention to these types of things until I started with Toonami Faithful, which... Sketch you know, is a historian. Right. So, like... I don't know. I, I think Celia has me beat in, in like, <laughs> actual knowledge of the industry. <laughs> I I will be more than happy to concede that to Celia. She is wonderful. And you have too much talent to contend with. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but that's why I asked you, Sketch, like, is this possible for Toonami to try to find a series that hits just like Arcane did through, you know, the cultural aspect of like, wow, the show has been amazing. Kind of like what it did back in his Cartoon Network days to where now where even on a streaming site that quote unquote kills their shows, just look at how much they cancel and then like this buzz around it doesn't last. Arcane's buzz is still alive and well. And maybe that's because of the IP, how well known it is, and how not only has it attracted the gamers, but it also attracted casual fans. It captured animation fans. So I'm curious, like, what is it about Arcane that you can see that maybe Toonami tries to emulate in a sense of the impact, so to say? Because well, should emulate, quite frankly. That's your question. I mean, it, it, it you, I don't disagree with Kuro on that, but I definitely worry about, um, oh, you're just trying to be Arcane, when it's like, oh, no, they were inspired by oh. Arcane. I want to do that oh. more so. Remember, if we're thinking future forward, they've provided a really good template for it. And I think yes. Sketch is a really good place to answer that question. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. So let's compare this to Adult Swim in general. How often have they hit a absolute hit? The last... Most recent absolute hit that is still popular, Rick and Morty. They have tried so, so many shows since Rick and Morty came out, but none of them have been that hit. What, wait, so, what are you qualifying as an absolute hit out of curiosity for, for, for me? Cultural for interest. Is you don't think peak. Samurai Jack is included in that? Not, not to the uh, same extent. Maybe like 10, Samurai 15 Jack. years ago, but not now. I wouldn't say now, especially when you have a benchmark like what Rick and Morty has done for Adult Swim since its debut, which sucks because okay. I, I love Samurai Jack, but I would say it's, yeah. it's, it's on like I'm a, just trying to establish a baseline yeah. of what Look, your idea Look, people about. went crazy over some stupid sauce because of Rick and Morty. 
Okay. That's a good point. <laughs> Nobody's going crazy over Szechuan sauce because of Samurai Jack, which well, actually would make more sense. I also am no. sad about the pickled Rick stuff too. I could not wait yeah. for that fad to go away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is there's like no sure way to get cultural impact. You kind of just have to try and, you know, make something you think is good and hope that other people agree. (laughs) That seems to be my understanding of how this works, which is not a very good understanding, to put it lightly. I just gave you one. We need more, sketch more. What about Rick and Morty makes it better than so many other shows? Nothing in particular. It's time slot? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, the time slot isn't everything. I feel like that the time slot kind of makes it more available to people. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I argue. Pre- I think wide, this, yeah. I, like in, I think in this age of streaming, I don't think the slot exactly. on TV makes oh, that much of a difference because people can watch it whenever they want. You make but it like for, but like for example, uh, I like Rick and Morty is funnier than Family Guy, but that's not a stretch. It's you know like Family Guy is a pretty little bar. Because uh, Bob's Burgers is also Some would agree with Family you. Guy. Some would disagree. <laughs> but it's, like, I'm also not it, a big. There's no science here. Right, but I'm also not a big Rick and Morty fan. But that's the thing. There are so many shows like Rick and Morty. Like I just listed three that all have that very similar style of humor, even if they execute it differently. Um, but for some reason, Rick and Morty is really connected with more people than Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, American Dad. Even I mean, though it's Bob's that similar Burgers type. Is getting a movie. Well, now they are, but, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's that difference. There's something about Rick and Morty that connects with people more. I don't know if it's just because it hit at the time where meme culture picked it up. Cause memes definitely help. Like Probably. how many, like how many people have gone back and watched Shrek and actually appreciate it as like a work of art. Because I am it one was of those people. Absolutely <laughs> memed for like, the past two years. I know I did. I went back and watched it and I'm like, oh my God, this is actually a quality movie. Yes. Which Thank I didn't you. Think about. Movie. Thank you. you know? I, lo- I love all of you right now. Thank you. You know, Never. but like, Never but like meme, meme culture makes a difference for pop culture. Uh, pervasiveness example for of that sure, too. In addition to notoriety. SpongeBob. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. SpongeBob was a cultural hit when it first aired on Nickelodeon. It's their bread and butter. It made them millions, probably even billions of dollars. And I remember uh, going to Kineticon with my brother, one of the first conventions I worked for, Toonami Faithful. Tom Kenny was a guest. He went to a panel and someone asked him, how do you feel about like meme culture really cultivating with SpongeBob and like everyone's loving it more? And he's like, it's so crazy to him because he knew people loved it when it first aired. But now it's like people loving it and rediscovering it in a new way. And it just hits more like I don't think SpongeBob will ever leave the minds of just animation in general because of not only it was a hit when it came to Nickelodeon, but because of the meme culture, how culturally relevant it still is on the internet. And while I will say Arcane doesn't have necessarily the meme type of thing, uh, they have their inside jokes, you know, people calling other people their cupcakes, uh, maybe bringing up a couple of references that you get uh, from playing the games as well. But I think for, you know, going back to what Sketch was saying about being culturally relevant and hitting at the right time, it also has to have elements that really work. I think a good example about Rick and Morty was how they recorded the scripts for it. A lot of it wasn't really written down from what I recall. 
especially maybe more so in the late they ad-libbed seasons. a lot they did and i think because they gave the freedom and cultivated you see how this is our word of the day here it allowed for more authentic comedy to go and connect with people because it felt more real uh unlike um what you hear with like comedies now where a lot of it's scripted you know cue the laugh track things like that i feel like a lot of old older comedies are just so far superior like probably uh i mean my favorite is seinfeld but i think a very uh great comedy that was culturally relevant for a lot of the time was the mary tyler moore show fucking fantastic comedy yeah i would definitely recommend mm-hmm. checking it out if yes. you love it and it was culturally relevant Agreed. probably for its cast the way that they handled uh certain topics and stuff like that and i think mm-hmm. because it felt more authentic it hit with people and i think rick and morty kind of had that same kind of old school comedy not having the laugh track cue you when to laugh you just laugh because you knew what they were doing was funny and so, and this is more. And it resonated so. with the current audience, which you you really hit on perfectly. Yeah, Mary absolutely. Tyler Moore and Rick and Morty they they picked on an audience and they really resonated with. Talk it. about a combination you, or a comparison you didn't think you'd hear on a podcast. No, I never really thought impressed. I'd ever hear those compares. <laughs> you ever. made it so, so well. I'm actually really impressed with that because it's it's quite true. You know, you you made yes. I'm not saying it's like, you know, fact, but I'm just pulling as an example of 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 what I what I think when it comes to comedy and letting it hit. And so we go to Arcane where a lot of things hit and they just did like episode three. Oh, my God. I had to take a breather after that episode watching just and it's like what uh, Celia was saying. We saw Powder's face when she realized what she did. We saw Vi's face when she realized what Powder did. And you could just, you felt the emotion as if it was like live action. You really did. It's just, it's, it's just, uh, it blew me away. Like the storytelling. Yeah. The, the, the emotional feel that you get from the series, the, the action. Like I love the Jinx and Echo fight. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was mm-hmm. so good. And to be fair, too, or the crazy thing, probably my favorite performance from that whole thing was Silco. I thought Silco was just, I couldn't get enough Jason's of physic. who's in He's Blade Runner Black Lotus. Yeah, as a guy who died almost immediately. Yes, but he's still in it, so it counts. <laughs> <laughs> he also yeah. was in Young Justice. Yes, he was. And in Green Lantern, the animated series. You notice how a lot of the things that we're like giving credit for has a, a very insular circle. I like this, but no, that's that's. He's also in Zatchbell as Kyo Takamine. Sorry, no, to interrupt you. Sorry. Go 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 go, Kuro. <laughs> no, I just mean that that means talent is is cycling back in the same circle that it, it is making a difference in, and that we're noticing it. And his that's performance awesome. as Silco and a lot of things he's been in has really been fantastic. I, I was. Very uh, caught off guard. I will say I was a little sad that uh, a certain VA wasn't reprised for Jinx, but the person who did uh, Jinx in uh, Arcane did a phenomenal job as well. I thought she did really great, especially on the dramatic moments with the scratchy, like, you made it mm-hmm. before he was 16, and like with the scratchy, like, pitch for, I was like, wow, that is impressive. That is seriously yeah, impressive shit. That's amazing. It like, was, Jinx, the acting for Jinx was incredible yes i will ask mm-hmm. everyone on this podcast jinx or vi who are you siding with i'm jinx all the way 
Bye. <laughs> I like a badass boxer. Also, Jinx is a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, so. True. I mean, I get that she has a reason, but no, no. She's too cuckoo for me. <laughs> can I pick Caitlyn instead? No. Yes! <laughs> yes, you can. You can pick Caitlyn. You can pick Caitlyn. I support this. <laughs> I was going to pick Jinx until I was doing my research. Because I was like, oh, I remember when this character oh, debuted. No. And I remember when this was popular. And then it's like, Jinx debuted in 2012. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I remember when that was brand new and everyone was losing their mind over the Get Jinx video. And there were Jinx cosplayers at every convention and every cosplay event for almost two years after that. You know, they're coming so back. That's why. Oh, they're good. They're totally going to. They're coming back. I just wanted to ask, just because all my friends who have watched Arcane 2, we go into this team via team uh, uh, jinx. Uh, and actually, the LEC, which is the European League of Legends pro scene, the, the league I probably prefer even over the NA one, uh, they actually did a rap battle video about team jinx or team vi it was so well done uh i definitely recommend checking it out if you're bored and have nothing else to do it was really amazing but i really i I, well uh, let me tell you about this lec production if you saw the lec production for their music videos that they do and these are casters these aren't musicians these are casters so think of like uh oh god i don't know if you guys actually watch sports think of like al michaels and john madden it's those type of people for the esports that are doing music videos, they've done grunge rock like My Chemical Romance style. Oh my god! I'm not even, I will wow. send you. The, I will send you the links. It was absolutely. I love that video too. And they do rap battles, and pro rappers are like, these are not. These guys are fucking nice. What the heck? So like, when you see the type of production that they put in, even with their esports, I think that kind of gives you a hint as to why they care so much about production of all their properties. Because like I mentioned, like their cinematics, I highly recommend checking out the Star Guardian uh, skin lines. All of them. I think all of them are really great. They had some um, awesome storylines that uh, introduced uh, the new character Senna. Well, she's not new now, but at the time, which, oh my God, it, it touches your heart, especially when you know the backstory of her boyfriend, Lucian and Thresh. Well, Thresh isn't the boyfriend. Lucian's the boyfriend. But still, regardless. Uh, it's just they put so much into the way they present their product. And I really think that with Jason talking so much about Arcane, and I think that the fact that a lot of people are still talking about it, believe it or not, shows don't go to Netflix to die. I mean, for God's sakes, Castlevania was a huge like popular buzz. Well, it definitely didn't reach the level Arcane did, uh, but... Uh, it's definitely, you know, something as an example of like when they're given a lot of pub and a lot of attention and it's good, people are going to want to like see more. Can I add something to that, TJ? By all means. Say, because you mentioned um, that the, the other adult animation, Castlevania, I think that it's important to note that not all adult animation needs to have extreme sexuality and extreme violence to be popular. I'm not saying I have anything against those things specifically. Yes. Castlevania you know, I, had a lot of bloody violence, yes, I will say. This is true. And and yes, I've been noted on this and podcast sex. specifically Wait, for was, saying oh yeah, there was sex. I, Yes, there was sex. I forgot. No, I forgot. I literally, but that's the thing, like you were saying. I don't have I'm, a problem with these things, I promise. No, no, but I that's what, promise. But that's what you're saying. I'm not remembering Castlevania because of the sex. I'm no, remembering no. more because of the acting, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yes, yes. So I, I'd like to point out that, that this is the thing. Adult animation can have these things without necessarily having the extreme violence or the extreme sex. And that doesn't mean you won't get it somewhere else or you won't get it at all. But I would like to think that we can, as adults or as young adults, can seek out animation. And I think the important point is here that animation is not limited to the child in the American society. Yes. We need to acknowledge that it's expanded beyond that. Everybody can watch it now and everybody can get something out of it. Right. And that's what I really want to make the point here. And, and what well, do you remember really... most about about Arcane? It, it's not necessarily action. It's like what Celia was saying, the colors, the mm -hmm. faces, the, the characters themselves. Like, I'll be honest, seeing Vi, Caitlin, Jinx, Victor, uh, what's his face? Jace, who I hate. Fuck you, Jace. Just, just saying that. <laughs> Heimerdinger. Echo. Not that he has strong feelings. <laughs> like, I know who these characters are because I've played as them. So, like, I, I remember it more because of that and the presentation, more so than, like, the fights, the action, the sex, all that kind of stuff. As you were, as you were saying, Sita, because I, I think you want to piggyback on what I was saying. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the perspective that animation is for children is uniquely North American. In other countries, that isn't the case. Um, yes. Like in Europe, they were, uh, you know, anime has a long history in Europe, for example, where but when the U.S. was still trying to cut and edit, edit and syndicate it for children's programming, they were just airing it as is, as programming for everybody in Europe. Um, I, one of my friends who uh, used to work for a university in Tokyo um, when his family moved to, I think the UK, I don't remember exactly where it was, but like he, that's how he watched anime. Um, not just back in South America where he was born, but also in Europe where they were just airing it as is. Um, and they made like bootleg products because <laughs> licensing merchandise wasn't a thing, you know, in the seventies and eighties, uh, quite yet, uh, to, because people were interested in it and were demanding it. And people of all ages were interested in it and wanted that merchandise. So the idea that it's just for kids is something I see exclusively in North America because everywhere else in the world, they treat it as entertainment for all ages. Right. And I think what's really, really good about it too, is the fact that Netflix and Toonami are really starting to break that barrier. I think because of the originals that Toonami is also airing and, and sketch, like I think the biggest thing for me is like when I ask the question is arcane, the type of end goal that, uh, Toonami fans should hope for for Toonami originals. My answer would obviously be a resounding yes, not because of the budget. Although, please, if if Toonami could get ninety million, to give put, them all go, the money, exactly, all the time, exactly. <laughs> but I'm hoping that not only can they break that barrier of animation is for kids, that's the saying for North America, but that we can get quality adult animation that just hits on a chord. And it doesn't have to be the. I mean, I would love it to be the cultural hit that like Arcane has become. But I want like their originals to be able to hit in a way that just kind of makes people rediscover animation. Like they allowed, like we, I, I mean, the documentary is like, hey, you know, Toonami is what, you know, got people into anime. It was the only place to see anime. Now I kind of want to see a shift to where not only you can think of anime, but just as animation as a whole too. And that, yes. that give us yes. the type of stuff, like maybe more Young Justice, you're saying. And it doesn't even have to be yeah. superhero stuff, but it can be just meaningful stories. Like look at, for God's sakes, Arcane's about a video game. A 5v5 video game. I didn't see anyone playing Jungle and Arcane. I didn't see any ADC playing with the support. You know what I mean? Like, I, it just took the lore of 
the game itself and they were able to adapt into something real beautiful. I have to think that Toonami has the type of capabilities to do a similar thing. And maybe we'll get that with Shenmue. I mean, look at that. I mean, Shenmue is a video game. Maybe they can do something. They're getting new casts. This is a way that they're interpreting and how they want to adapt this. Like, I find it kind of interesting. And I, I really hope that Toonami can kind of look at what uh, Arcane was able to do as being as influential as it is. And maybe take, like, from what Jason's saying, like, yo, this was influential. We should strive to try to be inspired like them to then be able to create something just as good. Yeah, but the caveat with that is, depending on who they're working with, that really limits that freedom. Like, for example, just with the tweets we got from Jason and Maki uh, Terashima from Production IG, we know that there was a lot of collaborative effort on Senna, for example, where they were talking together and coming up with plot elements together on both sides, um, Shenmue may not necessarily have that same level. Uh, same with Uzumaki, because we don't really have a lot of information on that one, or Blade Runner Black Lotus. You know, when you're working with certain IPs, uh, there may be only so much freedom that you can have. True. It's a little uh, unfair like, because Riot was in charge of Riot. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping... They're that the IP holder to begin to, with. Yeah, may, I'm hoping maybe... Oh, Samurai... Oh, what was that? That was that short they did, the samurai thing sketch. Oh, Cosmo Samurai? Yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Cosmo there Samurai. We go. That's, that's the thing. They have to do a Tom and Sarah anime or just adult <laughs> animation show. Right. Well, you know, I've always wanted a Tom and Sarah show. The thing that, look, at this point in time, Toonami can't usually be the place where you're going to see most shows first. That's just, that's not in the cards. What they need to strive to be is the home of animation that is uniquely theirs. Animation you're mm-hmm. not going to get from Netflix. Animation you're not going to get from Crunchyroll. And I do believe that they can accomplish that. I don't know all the elements that would be required to pull it off, but looking at Arcane and thinking how they kind of piece that together over years... Surely there has has to be something that has been the back of Jason DeMarco's mind for however long that he could cultivate over years and finally give to us when it's good and ready. I would think so. He has been working with Japanese studios for years and years and years now, and they have very strong relationships with production IG, among others. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the elements are potentially there. The only thing that's left in question is whether or not they have actually been building towards it. Because what's evident here is you don't make arcane on a whim. This is something that takes years to create. Right. And in addition to just the production on that, they also have the benefit of the game having over a decade mm-hmm. of notoriety and yes. continuing to build popularity to back that. And it's really help it's the it. most popular game on Twitch right now. Like it, it just, it beats out Fortnite. It beats well, out GTA beats out any game you can think of. Like well, it is still the most course, popular. The creation of the, of the anime, I'm sure boosted the 100%. The, um, yeah. Because Jason even mentioned how more people, even himself, went to check out the game. We have someone on this podcast who checked out the game after our I game. logged into League of Legends for the first time since 2015. <laughs> and how did it go? Tell us, uh, please. 
my laptop could barely handle it. That's how it went. So I didn't make it past the homepage once it finished up the updating and actually launched. And listeners, um, let it be known, but... Celia has poor taste in Ari skins. Just throwing also, that listeners, out there. Excuse Please you. your responses. We are very curious. I will not accept this slander on this podcast. Bad taste in Ari skins. Actually, you're right. Your Ari skin. There are no. There are no bad Ari skins. Let's be real. Skin we have issue with. Ah, yes, that's the one we don't see eye to eye on. Here's here's the thing. We can talk all about how they spent so much time developing this, and they had so much money. But at the core of it. If you just want to make a good show, it starts with a good story, a good script, a yes. good idea. Fucking Lily, yes. A and good that cast. Could come from anywhere. Really? It could no. come from anywhere. But more to the point, look, Toonami's made several original shows at this point, and I've liked all of them to some extent, some more than others. But ultimately, none of them are like fantastic. I'm sorry. It's it's just the truth. Do you think it's like I don't know what you mean by that, but okay. I, I think what he means more is like they're they're Toonami's own shows, but it doesn't feel like they're Toonami. If you it get what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. Right? That no. too. No, no, no. But that I think that's what he's. Matter. Well, IGPX What's feels tremendously Toonami. I will say that. I will say that. Yes. <laughs> IGPX felt tremendously Toonami. No doubt about that. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that one too. <laughs> Fena felt more like just a show that they kind of picked up. Blade Runner Black Lotus just felt like a show that Warner wanted them to air. <laughs> and, uh, well, Samurai Jack is Samurai Jack. <laughs> a good <laughs> classic. About but Fooly Cooly is kind of, it. <laughs> it's kind of the tsunamification of Fooly Cooly. <laughs> kind of. That's just me. Really. That's a little me. <laughs> I mean... Can we, can we back up? Did you have you... anything bad to say about a Samurai Jack? I just need to be clear between the two of us as friends. Uh, and as fellow well, I mean, I I have opinions uh... on how that final season went, but okay, overall, okay. I enjoyed now it. No, I can kill you later. Good. Let's Good. Let's... Also, I appreciate the game retcon the fact that Aussie died because that was some Gurren Lagan nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't care about that part. I yeah. part if you have anything bad look, to say look, about my Jack. That fifth season of Samurai Jack was like super great for five episodes, and then they got way too into the romance, and it just kind of fell apart. You know what? I actually agree with you there. Okay, but okay. the ending okay. is satisfactory. You, I promise. The ending was epic and satisfactory. Yes, it was. Not say otherwise. All righty uh, then. Anyway, I will, uh, kill, I will not kill Sketch. This is an announcement. So Celia is the only Jack one. Is kind of the closest thing Bill Swim's done to Arcane. Uh, I would I would say that uh, Primal is a similar but different beast, at least in regards to changing the expectations for animation. That's targeting. a great point. Too. Primal is yes, excellent. Yes, that's a great excellent. point. Yep. Excellent. I have nothing but good things to say about Primal. It's done so much for pushing the boundaries of uh, verbal-less animation. I'm so excited. I've talked to CJ about this before, but I really think it's very important that we 
uh, push on this aspect because obviously it's a part of our history, it's a part of our past, and it's a part of our future. You know, there's no reason with all the technology we have that we cannot have voiceless animation. And this is a perfect example of it. It, I'm it's, sorry, just... it's been no 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 curl that's a great example because it's been a huge yeah. it's one of wards it's been a fantastic project and i think Skype mm-hmm. is so right i'm bringing that up and while i wouldn't say primal had the same buzz as our no i still think not. when you look because at the, the tr- wrong people watched it well it not only that but what i was what i meant more is the fact that whose trophy case is looking a little nicer Right now, it's right now it's primal, and I think primal does have a kind of its own little space in adult animation for being mm-hmm. because of that aspect. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what Sketch is going with, where you bring something that you know, but also do something a bit different, and then it just all of a sudden people gravitate toward it. Sorry, I just got so excited when you said primal. I just thought, oh, primal, you triggered me, and this is amazing. This it, it's the thing about primal is. It's not about the quality of the animation that makes it different. It's that the quantity of the animation. It's that they they pick subjects that are specifically violent and uncomfortable. And of course, one thinks that, oh no, this is not acceptable for animation, except for visually, you see something quite amazing. You see a storyline, you see something more emotionally resonant and and it's quite amazing what they've done with what they've done with this series is, of course, just as amazing what they did with Samurai Jack. I, I will always be impressed and not because I'm biased, but because they continue to impress me. And I think Arcane, especially with season two, might do the same. Obviously. I mean, it's just so we're going to have to wait four years for that, right? No, uh, six. I saw a projected date that it may be coming in 2024. Hey. Take all two. the time. So, you need. Not too bad. Take not too bad. Probably because time. in that six-year pre-production period, they were able to map out when they want this stuff done. <laughs> and not know? only that, but like, they they kind of already know how to do it too. You know, course. I'm not saying they have to do it like a one-to-one copy of season one, but they kind of understand what they need to do. And like I say, the cinematics that they do for their games really help get the finer details down for it. It's it's great. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be saying this. I'm going to be sending uh, my pan, my panel here, all the videos that I've mentioned here, just so they can kind of see what I'm getting at with why this is no surprise of what they've been able to accomplish. Um, Yeah. Well, and one of the things that makes it different uh, because this doesn't really happen often um, with anime in particular, like Fortiche is pretty much the same talent in house. But like mm-hmm. Tsunami continues to collaborate with Japanese studios. Um, there aren't very many staff at Japanese animation studios that are permanent in-house installments. A lot of them are freelancers or independent workers that go from studio to studio depending on contracts. So even though people are like, a lot of people incorrectly attribute the quality of a show coming out of Japan to the studio. They're like, oh, it's Madhouse. Madhouse always knocks it out of the park. Oh, it's MAPPA. They always knock it out of the park. MAPPA and Madhouse, do they do it right, and it's high quality when they contract with the staff and the talent that make it work. Right. Yeah. It's not because those people work there all the time, because they don't. Um, and I do think that is kind of a barrier to achieving something like Arcane in terms of the quality 
when Toonami chooses to collaborate with studios that have that constant turnover or constant movement of staff and talent. Because you're not always going to get the same people every time. I want to ask you this, Celia. How much of an advantage was the fact that Arcane came out of France and at Fortiche compared to like what anime does with their own studios, as you were mentioning with the freelance? Does it really make that much of a difference? Yes, because, okay. for example, look at One Punch Man Season 1 versus Season 2. I actually... Yeah. And okay. not, not that Season 2 is bad... But it's different, and it's not quite the same vibe because True. they couldn't get the same talent back. Uh-huh. It wasn't the same director. It wasn't the same core staff that worked on the first season. So while it's not necessarily bad, it's not the same as it's if they different. had been able to get the same staff. Nice. And I'm wondering, too, if it's just like, does uh, would France be like a better spot to do uh, animation as compared to Japan, South Korea and all that other stuff? Oh. Like, I'm not as familiar. Um, if I you know. have the budget for it, you can. Um, but it is much more expensive. It's actually right. why uh, like American companies like, for example, Castlevania is not actually animated by an American studio. It's animated by a Korean studio. Yes. That I knew. So, that I actually knew. So, because it's less expensive, right? Yeah. So, so that's a big part of it is you're limited by how much you can afford, you know. And the one of the benefits, because I actually looked at it at it while uh, while we were talking earlier, um, there is a tax rebate if you choose to make an international production in uh, France. And ever actually, most European countries have one. In France, it's up to a thirty percent rebate. Damn. On uh, whatever you spend to produce that international wow. production in France. I see. Yeah, it's, it's big. Holy so hell. so that's, a, that's, that's an incentive that these countries in Europe are offering to try to get more uh, companies to produce with them, especially internationally. They're like, oh, by the way, if you work with us, you could get like 20 to 30 percent back on what you spend with us. That's that government subsidy that DeMarco was talking about. Mm-hmm. in his tweet. And I guess that also kind of proves the point of like the pockets of Tencent. And for those of you yes. who may not be aware, Tencent owns Riot Games. And to kind of give you an idea about uh, the kind of pockets that this company has uh, recently, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, which I really hope they gut out all their problematic employees who have been at Blizzard and Activision for a long time. Regardless, uh, the supposed deal is about $70 billion. I didn't say million, billion, with a B. If this deal is finalized, that would make Microsoft the third highest grossing uh, gaming company uh, in terms of revenue. Guess who's number one? That would be Tencent. And, uh, yeah. They could afford that kind of rebate and to kind of they, wait they up. Com- they commissioned an Imagine Dragons song for the opening theme for this show. <laughs> yes, they did. Do you know who, do you know who like, voiced like, Vi? Like, that's expensive. <laughs> do you know who voiced Vi? Yeah, Haley Seinfeld. Like, that isn't cheap either. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, mm-hmm. the, that really demonstrates... And, like, for example, that's one of the things that really surprised me about Blade Runner Black Lotus, for example, that they got a theme song by Alessia Cara, who is currently a popular artist. That can't have been inexpensive no, to exactly. have her to license a song for the show from to have her record it, right? Yeah. So it says a lot. <laughs> they got Imagine Dragons, and then they had new songs at the end of every episode as well. Yes. Um, so, so a lot of money was dumped into this to make it happen, and and it paid off. You know, you can also have show, things that are expensive and that don't work. Um, Frozen 2, for example, is a very expensive movie. And while it's 
beautiful. Um, their staff underwent a severe time crunch. If you watch the documentary on Disney Plus, those poor people suffered. Like they were making changes to the final cut mere months before it was supposed to like go out into like the pre-premiere screenings for like red carpet shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't as good as the first one, even though visually it looked better. So just because you put a lot of money into it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. Exactly. Actually, Celia, you you really brought up a great point. How much money do you have to put into some to a project to make it be quality? And the fact is that it doesn't always work that way. And I think that having quality acting and quality script makes for a really important aspect. Like they've they've abandoned so much of this that we've seen the same the same scripts, the same people, the same things over and over again. And and so I wonder if that might be more important in the future. I'd I'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. I think it absolutely I, have, I think I've it made is no future I've made no qualms about saying that when bad scripting makes I I am obviously a big proponent of really great writing and I think that it makes a big difference here. Yes. And Arcane has that in spades because it does. of what they were able to do. And I like I, I know we joke about the pockets of the companies involved for Arcane, mm-hmm. but you have to like I'm geeking out about the music. I'm geeking out about the overall story. I'm geeking out that some of my favorite characters was on it. Let me tell you something. I'll say this. I was not really a big fan of Heimerdinger. And then seeing what happened to him when he was voted off. And I know spoilers, but like, you'll you'll get to it. Don't worry. That was heartbreaking. I never Mm. felt so much for Heimerdinger in my life. Mm -hmm. And this is an annoying champion that builds turrets and just shoots you whenever you're near him. Oh, it tilts me like no end. It's crazy. But that's not what I see. I'm not. I'm not a game player. I see him only as the person that I play. I I see when I watch the series. Oh too, yeah, no, which no, no, is no. Completely different experience. No, no. I mean, this is like a funny thing. Yeah, like, no, it's no, crazy. No. That's why I appreciated. I appreciate the character more. Before, I never really gave any thoughts to Jason. Now I hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just kind of one of those things where. I love how I love how an, an adult animation series was able to really captivate an audience the way that it did through a thriving esports scene, through a thi- thriving media that they've done through their cinematics and music videos like KDA. Shout outs to KDA. That's the only reason I got into League of Legends and now I'm hooked. I can't get out of it. Uh, they have wonderful, wonderful like they have a ton of games that look super exciting. Right. Not only is League of Legends, I wouldn't say play League of Legends unless your mental is really, really good. But Valorant, yeah, can be, play <laughs> Valorant can be fun if you like FPSs. The fighting game looks really cool. Uh, there's a game on the Switch that I just started called Ruin King that is really, really fun. A turn based um, uh, dungeon crawler game that's actually been really crazy that I enjoy. And it's just they have all these different like they have all these different games, but their IP stays the same. And it's just so well known. And honestly, I do hope that. With Jason talking about Arcane as much as he has, it hasn't. He has died down a little bit, but the fact mm-hmm. that he even talked about it at all, considering Netflix is, is a competitive or a competitor for him, and to say like nice things, especially and more not necessarily about Netflix, but more so about the property. But at least it's on Netflix. That's still pub for Netflix. I think it's really. I, I think it speaks volumes. Quality knows quality, 
And I think we got that in such an amazing treat with Arcane. Like I said, I've, I've watched the series three times. I, I, I absolutely love it. I When it was announced that they were doing an anime, or not an anime, excuse me, when they were doing a TV series, I was like, man, it would be so cool if Toonami could get it. I know there was no effing way because it makes a lot more sense for you know, Tencent Riot to say, well, what's the most popular place for people to watch, you know, cool animation projects? Netflix. I'm hoping that Toonami could at least be kind of, or Adult Swim, not necessarily Toonami, but I'm hoping Adult Swim can kind of reach similar type of notoriety, kind of like what it did back when it was first introducing anime to the general public. You know, weekdays with your Yu Hakusho, your SD Gundams, you know, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Toonami can reach some sort of area where it's close to that. I, I don't think anything will obviously ever touch Arcane. And yeah, who knows, maybe I even think... season two might uh, falter yeah. and be like, oh, crap, what happened? Oh, I hope not. The way that show ended, if season two sucks, I will be very sad. I will be too, because I remember uh, me like saying to our social media team, guys, I can't pay attention to Toonami right now. Arcane just dropped the newest episodes. I have to see these right now. <laughs> and they're all like, wait a minute. I want to see it too. And Toonami even aired a commercial for it too, which blew me away. I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. So it's, it's one of the things where it really, I really do think that this is kind of that's a starting point of what a lot of people can envision animation and not just like, Oh, it's geared for adults, just good animation that anyone can watch. Now I'm not saying I'm going to let, you know, five-year-old watch, you know, the torture that Jinx goes through, but I'm not necessarily opposed to have like 11, 12 year olds watch it. I don't think it was bad enough for them Mm -hmm. to be able to see it. I I think that this Uh, is a serious. I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have anyone under the age of 15 watching it. Well, you (laughs) see, this is why (laughs) I am not having children. So I don't have to. (laughs) You can leave that for your own thing. I watched that stuff when I was his age or her age. It'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, nothing makes me realize I was watching a lot of stuff I shouldn't have at 11 or 12. Then when people ask me for recommendations for their own kids and they think about stuff I was watching at their age and I'm like, actually, no. No, no, I'm running out of stuff to recommend. Celia, are Um, you telling me you don't recommend High School of the Dead to young adolescents? To be fair, I was 19 when I watched High School of the Dead, but I would not recommend Ghosts in the Shell standalone complex to a 12-year-old, because I was 12 when I was watching that. Um, No, I would not recommend that. I don't recommend that. Um, that was a really fun show to watch after 12. If you are over 12, I fully recommend it. (laughs) yeah but definitely i think universal appeal helps like i hadn't booted up league since at least 2015 and i was able to enjoy arcane with the limited knowledge i had that was very out of date i learned once i went back into it and kind of looked at where the game's at right now um but like i could still enjoy it like for example i like Blade Runner Black Lotus for the first few episodes because I recognize the Easter eggs, but because it's something that connects two chunks of Blade Runner together, if you're not familiar with Blade Runner, that's really hard to connect to. Shenmue, obviously we don't know until it airs, but if it's going to be in connection to or referencing the previous games, that's going to be kind of tough to connect to if you aren't, if you haven't already played them or aren't already familiar with them, you know? Uzumaki could potentially run into the same issue. 
depending on how it's adapted. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you, they, I think if they tried to make adaptations universally appealing, um, that would be a big benefit for Toonami in the future so that more people can connect with it. Fena had that magic until something went wrong in the last two episodes. Um, <laughs> you know, where, where, people, where people were really, they were drawn to it and people were like, oh, I got to see this show because it feels different and new and I don't have to know anything else about it. And that's why I want to come back to it is because I need to know more. You know, Arcane had that same draw. We already knew kind of the basic lore between Vi and Jinx from the game, you know, but and even Caitlin. if you didn't have that, and Caitlin, but <laughs> even then, if you didn't have that, you could still come into Arcane and get the full experience without having to be familiar with that lore already. Absolutely. And that's and that's very valuable. Mm-hmm. As as much as I love to just dive in about like the intricacies of Silco and Jinx's relationship, maybe talking about how Vi could have been a better role model. We're not the Arcane Faithful Podcast. We are the Toonami Faithful Podcast. We'll leave it there. Maybe we'll come back to it if we are ever so inclined to maybe dive back into the subject because of the commentary that Jason has had. Uh, I will say this, if we ever get to talk with Jason again, uh, I would love to get his thoughts more on Arcane's for him to kind of be more Mm -hmm. articulate Mm -hmm. about the praise and just his overall feelings that he's given for because it's it's just wild for me to hear him talk about something as glowingly uh, as he has, especially when he had nothing really to do with it. And and it's like those interviews I have uh, with other uh, like anime voice actor guests when they just talk about shows that they're not even in, but they just really, really enjoy it. It's like, that's so freaking cool. And so whenever stuff like that happens, it's like, it kind of has like, to me, it makes Jason a bit more relatable for like fans like us who are just like, yeah, he likes good animation just like we do. I mean, that should be kind of obvious considering he programs an animation block, but you know, I was about to say, since he's one of the co-creators of Toonami, I'd like to think he's still job. interested in animation after all this time. I would like to think, but you'd be surprised with what you see on Twitter sometimes. Just throwing that out there. Hashtag petty. Ugh. But, but. Hashtag Jason, we love you. Well, there's that too. Uh, but we'll leave it there. Uh, if you have seen Arcane, what did you think about it? Are you Team Vi, Team Jinx, uh, or Team Caitlin, as someone on this podcast was? And do you want. <laughs> Tsunami to type to have a series, an original series of theirs, reach the same type of cultural impact that Arcane has. I think that's more of an obvious answer. But how do you think that they can? If they can, do you they do you think they should even try? Should they go to France to animate something because of that rebate? I know I kind of like that idea personally. Isn't <laughs> I, I I think Primal's animated in France. Oh, I think I think CJ loves all of your opinions and he really wants to hear them as much as I do, as much as silly does, as much as sketch does. We all want to hear what you have to say. Please, please give us a chance to say your opinions. Yes. And, and like I said, if you haven't checked out, check out Arcane. really, it is a absolute animation marvel. Uh, The music's really good. The scenes will touch your heart. Uh, You Mm -hmm. will enjoy. And the action was fantastic too. All these things are true. They were really good. But we will leave it there. Uh, And I'd also like to give a thank you to Sketch for allowing this pitch to be on a podcast. I am very obsessed with the series. I it's the it's the first series I've really been geeked about. Uh, That's not anime. I will say that that's not anime in a very, very (laughs) long time. I haven't binged. 
I usually like to watch a series one week at or you know one week at a time to allow me to digest. Uh, when I was re rewatching Evangelion with the Netflix dog, I did one episode per week just to be like, okay, I remember this. Oh, I remember. Oh, this was a little different. I like to be able to digest things. Arcane, I couldn't do it. I had to just, I just sped right through the first six, waited till the and last you three. you did an excellent job of dragging us all in there with you. Yes. I thought I've watched it if you hadn't have pushed it so hard, and I mean that in a really good way. I, I didn't actually, I didn't feel like I pushed it that hard. I'm glad no, no, that I did. You don't need to push things. I just know you. You, you you just say you like it, and I know I like it too. <laughs> it, it's really good. Uh, and as uh, before, and well, not before, but after we get off this episode, we're going to be debating on skins of different champions. Just throwing that out there. But uh, we will we will end it there. Sorry, uh, supremacy. No, Woo! Listen, listen, if we're picking one champion, one champion for me, the, my Please. OTP. We already know who's the champ. We don't even need to talk about this. The OTP. The OTP for me of League of Legends. Ugh. Always be a collie. Yeah, okay. A collie. Okay. She was Why in KDA. Discussion. She so was sorry. <laughs> right, but a collie had the rhymes. She rapped. Ooh. We will discuss this when this is over. We will discuss it with, when this is over. She exactly. got. She, she got the abs too. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Sketch. Where could our listeners be able to find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. Well, I will probably be talking about nothing but One Piece and Banjo-Kazooie for the foreseeable future. <laughs> that, those aren't bad topics to uh, talk about. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Carl, where could our listeners find you? You can find me at Happy Curl Kitty on Twitter. And that's pretty much it. For those of you who won't hear the outtakes of this, you have no idea how amazing it was oh. we got that answer. Oh my god, it was sure hell of a thing. Celia, I know you aren't with us anymore, but you could still self-promote. Where could our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Planets Twinkle, uh, where I tweet about anime a lot, especially what I'm watching this current season. Uh, I'm also on the YouTube show Pop to Culture at youtube.com slash macrossfancentral. Uh, and I'm also on Facebook at Celia Rose Cosplay. As... Way more accommodating than Kuru is because <laughs> she managed to adapt better than I did. <laughs> and as one guest that Celia and I interviewed before, we believe in a Celia agenda. So that's always going to be a plus. <laughs> the Celia agenda. <laughs> and the you Celia can... agenda should be top for everything. Uh, not going to disagree. Not going to disagree. The Celia agenda is watch Macross. Oh, yes. and <laughs> finger guns. I would 100% agree. Finger guns. Freaking finger guns. Celia, I thought <laughs> I knew guns. you. Yes. Now your skin taste makes more sense. See? Celia, you have influence, and I agree. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at CJ Mafris. Uh, sadly, you're not going to see much of me for you haven't really seen much of me the past month. Uh, I've been working almost every day due to uh, COVID. A lot of my coworkers have contracted it. And so I'm working like 10 plus hours uh, nearly every day. This was my only off day this week, too. So I'm glad that I didn't have to reschedule this podcast because I really, really wanted to talk about. Uh, CJ this, is this. our God. Go <laughs> Whoa. Bow down, my mere mortals. Yes, yes. I have, I have a suggestion for our listeners to help replenish your spirit, CJ, because I'm you've been here. basically doing the job of what, like five to ten other people. I'm here for I, Celia. I wouldn't send him great Genshin fan art. 
<laughs> I swear. What Celia says is true. All the things that Celia says is true. I agree. If you send me any Ganyu, I will personally find you and throttle you. Do not do that. I will personally find you and post you on the website. Forget CJ. Wait, Listen wait, to wait, me wait, and wait, wait, I'm not supposed to send you Ganyu anymore? No, no, send me Ganyu. Send Ganyu. I will post it. I promise. Listen, listen. Don't make it lewd, please. Because if you do, I'll be very sad. Because that's the character Jen voices. Please don't. Oh, yes, no. Cute, wholesome, fan art only. She is correct. We will not post super lewd. However, we will post other fan art. Yes. Please post. Please send us your fan art. I would love to see it. Yes. We all love to see it. And on that note, thank you for listening. And I really do hope you take uh, a chance and check out Arcane. But don't play League of Legends. But but definitely check out Arcane. Definitely, definitely do that. <laughs> and on that note... I will see you hopefully in another podcast. It won't be like five months since I last on. And thank you for listening as always. We'll see you later. Peace.